As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of a more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed and did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. But when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as quickly as possible. Today, as we close out our series in the Bible, I want to challenge us to read carefully. So we've talked about reading in community, how the Bible's a community book and how it culminates in the community of the church. We've talked about the context of Scripture. We've talked about reading consistently. Last week, Pastor Craig talked to us about the need to consistently read Scripture. And today, we're going to talk about reading carefully, a sermon I have now written four times. I kept writing this sermon and throwing it away because I really wanted to use this line. To read carefully, you have to read prayerfully, which is a great line to preach. If you want to read carefully, you've got to read prayerfully. Maybe it's not. That's why I had to throw it away. I wish, I wish. I really wanted to write that sermon and I couldn't. Instead, I want to talk about these Berean Jews. Where we find out that really, when it comes to reading carefully, I'd come up with something quippy, because I already had one quippy, so I was like, I'm going to come up with something fun to say. It kills me. The tension is in our intention. The tension to reading carefully is actually found in the intention in which we approach Scripture. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask today that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts and our minds to hear what you're speaking to us. God, we... Each one of us has faced so many distractions in our week. Whether it's been financial struggles, or if it's been health struggles, or if it's been just stuff at work, or or kids, or whatever it is. There's so many things that bombard us. And even now, Jesus, they want to enter our mind and distract us from what you're going to tell us. And so God, we pray right now for clarity of mind. Your Holy Spirit could speak to us today and that we could use what we learned to live our lives in your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. The tension is in our intention when we read Scripture. What do I mean by that? I mean, a lot of the times, what we face isn't faced so much on our actions, but on our attitudes behind our actions. So many of you guys, maybe if you're new, you don't know this, but I'm married. My wife's name's Erin. 
Um, apparently, one of my kids must have been having some sort of an issue because she's not sitting right there, which is probably for the best given the illustration I'm about to use. <laughs> Don't you guys all run down there and tell her afterwards either. Jeez. Everyone always rats me out. The intention has a lot to do with what my action, kind of response I get. Maybe some of you guys are married, you'll understand this too, that my wife can tell the difference between a kiss and a kiss. Yeah. If you don't get that, Pastor Craig can explain it to you after church. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. What I appreciate it. The tension is found in my intention. And so if I just you know, sweep in and I give a, give a little peck, I was like, oh yeah, he loves me, great. But sometimes my intention is different and that can create some tension if everyone's not on the same page. I'm not going to explain anymore because we have a baby in service. Craig, no. <laughs> <laughs> the tension is in our intention. When I think about reading the Bible carefully, often we think of like systematic systems and different ways that I can go about it. And you know, soap journaling, we've talked about here at church before, these different methodologies that can go into reading the Bible carefully. But I would challenge you today that more important than your actual actions and methodology of studying the Bible is the intention by which you go to the scriptures. What is your purpose and your plan? Because we see these Bereans, and it starts off in verse 11 saying, hey, these Berean Jews were of a more noble character. So Paul had been somewhere else preaching, and he had preached, and it hadn't gone well. This often happened to poor Paul. Sometimes he'd preach, they tried to kill him. That hasn't happened to me yet. Uh, give me a few more weeks. And Paul preached and, and he'd gotten in trouble and he'd come here. And it's like, this, the author of the book of Acts, Luke, is writing this and he's like, hey, so Paul had just been to this place where these people were really kind of had poor character. And then he went to this next place in Berea and there were these Jews there who had really, really good character. They were noble people. So I would say that one of the ways we read carefully is by actually approaching Scripture with the right character. And we have to ask ourselves, what is my character like? Now, I have to be honest with you. When I see, hear the word character, I default to um, Calvin's dad from Calvin and Hobbes. Some of you guys, if you know what to talk about Calvin and Hobbes, at everything that was made Calvin miserable, his dad would tell him builds character. I've also recently realized that I model much of my fathering off of Calvin's dad, um, for better or for worse. <laughs> my kids are like, ah, I don't like this. We'll eat it. It'll build character. What's your character like? Because the the very here are going to have a good encounter with Scripture as they read it carefully, and it's going to give them a good result. But I think that result started from the fact that they approach Scripture, they approach Scripture as the right kind of people to read and understand Scripture. It starts with their character and their approach 
to the whole situation. They weren't skeptical. They, they were actually looking to see if what Paul said was true. Sometimes when we approach Scripture, we're not approaching it just to find out about the mission and message of Jesus and the gospel and to see how that's true and how that should change how we live our lives. Instead, we approach Scripture with the wrong character, but we're going to Scripture and we're saying, what is this for me and how can it benefit me? What can I get to, to quote a Pentecostalism? Is there a word in here for me today? Hallelujah. Their character was, is what the Bible is saying about Jesus true? And if so, what does that mean for me? It doesn't seem that they were approaching Scripture in a self-centered way. How difficult is that? <laughs> Can you be honest? Can you be honest? I, I open up the Bible and I read it and I'm looking for something for me. Typically, right? I'm either reading it with the, with the character of selfishness or I'm reading it with, with, my, with my general attitude being, I have to do this because I'm the pastor of the church and I'm not reading the Bible every day. I'm a huge hypocrite when I get up here. Or I'm reading it, like there's so many different character flaws that we can take into our reading of the scripture that prevent us from reading it carefully. I would prefer as a nerd, as a theology nerd, that's what I am, to say, I'm reading carefully if I read exegetically, if I read with a journaling system. If I get all my systems and my commentaries right, then I read carefully. But as we read what the Bereans are doing here, we're going to learn that reading carefully, although those things are good and you need them, we did a whole sermon on, on reading the Bible in context. Knowing the context of Scripture is important so that you don't misinterpret it. But none of that does you any good if your heart is not positioned properly. Jesus has to get at your heart. No system can substitute for that. What is your character like? Then it says, For they received the message with great eagerness. So you looked at their character. They have a more noble character. Then we see that they are actually eager to hear what God has to say on the subject. They were eager to get more of God. They were eager to receive the gospel. They were eager for good news. What's your attitude like when you approach Scripture? If we already look at our, our, deepest, our deepest character, then we can even go to, when we approach Scripture, what is our attitude like? Do I open up my Bible with eagerness to read what, what, what God needs to teach me that day? And like, I would say this is easier in some parts of the Bible than the others. I love the Gospels. I can open the Gospels pretty eagerly because I love reading the words of Jesus. I feel like they, they, they refresh me and they encourage me. Can we be, be real here? Leviticus. 
And then you sprinkle the blood in eight circles on the altar, and the priest says, huzzah, and I don't know, I can't even quote it. Am I eager to find what truth God has for me in there? What's funny is they are studying the scriptures with great eagerness. Ain't none of these Bereans reading the New Testament. Here's a context thing for you. The New Testament isn't going to exist for three or 400 years. So they're studying the Old Testament scriptures with eagerness to see what they have to say about the gospel that Paul is preaching. They received it with eagerness, looking for the things that God has for them. When we approach scripture consistently, as Pastor Craig talked about, and in context and in, within the, the boundaries and the accountability of community, we still have to come to it with the right attitude. Which I think starts with humility. I think it starts with humility and it goes into this idea of eagerness. We don't go before God thinking that we have it all together and that we have all the answers. And then we say, but even though I know I don't, God, I know you do. And so there's something in this book today that can make me more like Jesus. Then you're going to read carefully because you're eagerly and humbly looking for what God has to teach you through the scriptures that day. What is your attitude like when you approach Scripture. And it says, they examine the Scriptures every day, nod to Craig's last week, to see if what Paul said was true. They're determined. We see that they have noble character, we see that they're eager, but we also see that they're determined. Divine stubbornness is what they have here. Because Paul's there, and they're just pouring through the Bible every day, digging and digging and digging to see if what Paul is telling them about Jesus is true or not. It wasn't a... No, I guess that's not true. I guess that's true. But they're digging through it every day to see if what Paul says is true. They had divine stubbornness. This is a virtue I'm good at. <laughs> I am really stubborn. Um, a, a trait shared by many on our staff, I would say, wouldn't you? I mean, we're all pretty uh, strong-willed individuals uh, in our own ways. They were in the Scriptures every day to see if it was true to piggyback on, on last week. Consistency matters. To read carefully is going to take every day, not that you never miss a day or do you ever make a mistake, you ever have to play catch up, you do. But there's a consistency here that leads to their ability to read Scripture carefully. Because they're examining the Scriptures every day here to see if what Paul said was true, then I'm going to guess that these men and women were examining Scripture every day before Paul ever showed up. I thought it was something that they, they picked up because Paul was there. These were people of the Scriptures. 
And they carried that into the gospel. And they carried that and they said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to dig and we're going to dig and we're going to dig until God speaks to us. Until God reveals to us this good news of Jesus and, and how that was foretold in the prophets. And I'm gonna, we're to, we've, we've been in Scripture, we're to keep being in Scripture. I'm determined to do this. I'm determined to get into the Scripture personally. I'm determined to consistently do that. I'm determined to be consistent at church so I can hear the, the, wor- the scriptures preached consistently. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be consistent about being in a smaller group where I can dissect the scriptures with other people. I am determined to do this because I need to hear what God has to say to me. That'll help you read scripture carefully if you're consistent. If you're determined to find what God has for you in them. Which most of us, I mean, if we're going to be honest, we prefer more of a verse of the day type of answer. Right? I wish I could say that, because I can, because like I'm friends with a billion pastors on Facebook, right? And so most pastors every day post a Bible verse from what they're reading or they post an image of a Bible verse for verse of the day for their churches. So all these go through my feed. So every day I get all these little verse, 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 verse. I wish that could count. Because that would be pretty easy. <laughs> I could just scroll through. I, I, I've read the Bible today because all my pastor friends posted it. If you're ever friends with me on Facebook, you're going to be like, Pastor Eric doesn't post any. Yeah, I don't. I'm not that spiritual. Um, But I don't think that's the idea that we get from this scripture, from this passage, from these Bereans. I think you see a determination to dig into scripture over a long, consistent period of time. And these kind of stack on each other because I think, I think, I think, I think that they have noble character because they're people who are consistently in the scriptures. This noble character isn't an accident, but these are people who examine the scriptures every day, and that results in them being people who have good character, who are Christ-like in the way they approach life, and the way they approach the Bible. And that noble character results in the eagerness that they have to learn what God has to say for them, to them. So we see, now the Berean Jews were of a more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. The tension is in the intention in which we approach Scripture. If our ability to read carefully is a direct result of how we come to the Bible, whether we have decent character, what is our character like, whether we have a good attitude, what's our attitude like, whether we're determined to get into God's Word, what is our determination like? But then, this faith, thing comes in. As a result, many of them believed. 
They had noble character, they had eagerness, they had determination. And so what that did was when they found what the Bible had to say, they were willing to apply what they learned and let it change their lives. I don't believe you can read the Bible carefully unless you are willing to read the Bible in such a way that you allow it to transform you. What if they read it carefully, but they didn't believe? Well, then they didn't read it very carefully at all. Because if they would have read it carefully, they would have seen the message of Jesus threaded throughout the Old Testament and the prophecies. You can make the Bible an academic book and it will not benefit you. But if we read carefully, then we're approaching the Bible in such a way that we want it to transform us. How will I be different today because what I've read or what I have heard preached or what I have discussed in my smaller groups? If you have noble character, if you have eagerness, you have determination, then your intention in coming to Scripture will be one that allows it to change you. And I, I can tell you for me personally that this really convicted me of all the times I come to Scripture. Ask them why they're not at church. Mine does it sometimes. All the times I, I come to either a, a sermon or I come to my Bible reading or I, I come to any of these points where I encounter the Word of God and I just let the moment come and go. Instead of eagerness, I come out of obligation. My attitude gets messed up. And if my attitude's messed up, then my, my character is probably... And I'm not determined. I'm just going through the motions. You all know what I'm talking about there. That's easy to do, right? You wake up. It's Sunday. I'm going to go to church. Not that I really feel passionate about it or... But I, I, I got to do it. In my case, I really got to do it, right? They're signing my paycheck. <laughs> You'll get so many sick days, right? <laughs> when my attitude is wrong, then the words of God don't transform me like they should. If I can get my attitude right, if I can position myself properly, if I can have my intention to be whatever I'm going to read today, whatever I'm going to hear today, whatever I'm going to encounter today, I want those things to make me more like Jesus. I want those things to make me a better neighbor. 
I want those things to make me a better dad. I want them to make me a better husband. I want them to make me a better pastor. Well, I'm going to find the tension in my intention. When I come to it with the right intention, then God's going to show up and he's going to change who I am. And he's going to help me overcome the things I need to overcome. And he's going to help me find the purpose in my pain. Many of us are robbing ourselves of the things that God has for us because we do not approach God's word carefully. And in saying that, it's all of this stuff that we don't approach it with the right character. We don't approach it with the right determination. We don't approach it with the right eagerness. And we don't approach it with the expectation that God wants to transform us into the image and the likeness of his son. So we miss it. And we miss it. And we miss it. And we miss it. And then when we're in the pit of our misery, of our own making, we, 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 we sit in it and we, and we go, oh God, why did you put me here? Everything is so miserable. And God's like, you dug that hole. I've been trying to transform you. I've been trying to change you, but your character and your attitude and your intentions have not positioned yourself to where I can, can transform you into who I need you to be for this time. And then you miss it. And I miss it. We've got to read carefully. We've got to encounter the Bible carefully, humbly, realizing that we don't have it all together. Because even when we're in that pit of our own misery and sadness, Jesus loves us. He loves us more than we could possibly imagine. He has so much grace for us. And that grace deserves us responding in kind and coming to him with the right intentions so that we can encounter everything that he has for us.